Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. a sports betting podcast powered by Rotoviz Radio. Uh, my name is Matt LaMarca. You can find me at the Action Network and Fantasy Labs. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, at Matt LaMarca. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Kyle Dvorak, who you can find on Twitter, at Kyle Tweets here. Uh, Kyle, how's it going? It's going good. We are now getting all of the uh, the updates for training camp. We were talking before you're a big Dion Kane guy, so I'm sure you're you're <laughs> smashing the over on that news. Yeah, I'm over under uh, on like seven Dion Kane catches this year. Hard <laughs> over for me. That's, that's great. I, I love I love all the news we get. It's still mostly meaningless, but it, it is some interesting tidbits. Like I was actually uh, a bit interested in Kalen Balaj taking first team reps because. If you want to be a relevant player on a terrible offense like we assume the Dolphins will be, you have to command a crazy work workload. So even if Balaj isn't the actual starter, like it, it's little edges like that that I actually do enjoy getting at this time of year. Yeah, I mean, the big stuff obviously is what's going to happen with Melvin Gordon in San Diego and with Zeke in Dallas. You know, I'm still kind of leaning that both players will ultimately uh, be a part of their teams this season and, and not sit out like they've threatened to. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely like an interesting training camp thing that we need to be watching outside of all the small details, like you just mentioned. Yeah. It's definitely just that I can't really, uh, you know, I, I, we all knew Melvin Gordon's going to be holding out for as long as he holds out and then he won't be. And the same with Zeke. Uh, the rumors are true. He, apparently he's not showing up training camp. I'm not sure what action items I can take from that right now, but those are definitely like the the ultimate pressing issues. Yeah, I mean, as a running back, like even if you're not looking for more money, and I know that both of those guys are, like just minimizing the amount of wear and tear on your body just seems like a good thing. So I would be all for these guys just not even showing up to training camp, even if we knew for sure that they were going to play this year. So uh, by all means, I think these guys should take their time. Yeah, I mean, I, I would if I were a head coach, I would laugh anytime someone's like, so uh, who are you trotting out for preseason? I'd be like, I don't know. I told all the guys to go home for the next few weeks. Right. We're going to we're going to have some season ticket holders get some snaps this week. Uh, <laughs> it'll be a nice treat for the fans. Uh, anyway, you mentioned the Dolphins and how uh, they're not expected to be great offensively this season. We're looking at some teams today who figure to score a lot of points. Uh, this is part three of our eight-part NFL preview. We are going with the NFC South today, um, headlined by the Saints, who won 13 games last year, but lots and lots of points figured to be scored by these four teams. Uh, we've already broken down the NFC East and the NFC North, and so feel free to check those out if you've missed them. Uh, before we get into the show, I just want to remind everyone about becoming a Rotoviz patron. Uh, the Road of His Patreon is back for a second season, and it's better than ever. Patronships start at just 6 bucks per month. Uh, they offer exclusive access to the Road of His Radio Slack channel, 
where you can ask questions and gain league-winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Patrons also get first dibs on Listener League spots, which are going to be filling soon. And in the $9 tier, you can get some sweet Rotoviz Radio merch. Uh, become a Rotoviz Radio patron today. Join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high-quality industry-leading programming. Um, that's patreon.com slash rotovizradio. Uh, also, if you're not a Rotoviz subscriber, make sure to sign up through the podcast homepage for a 10% discount. Uh, you know, you, we've been talking about some of the training camp stuff, uh, kind of joking around, but if you are interested, nobody in the business is going to give you more in-depth, uh, information into some of these training camp battles, sleepers, uh, busts than what you're going to find at Rotoviz. So make sure to sign up rotoviz.com slash podcast, get yourself a 10% discount. All right. NFC South. Uh, really fun division, in my opinion. Like I've been been saying, lots of points figure to be scored here. Let's start at the top with the New Orleans Saints. They are one of the favorites heading into this season. They have an over-under set at 10.5 wins, uh, although it is juiced at the under at the moment, uh, minus 132 if you're looking to fade the Saints this season. They're minus 167 to win the division, minus 250 to make the playoffs. Uh, you're only getting four to one if you want to bet them to win the NFC and 10 to one to win the Super Bowl. Uh, all right, Kyle, at least 11 wins each of the past two years from the Saints. What do you think about them for this season? Oh, this is tough because, I mean, you look at their did much really change in the offseason. I, I mean, looking at the biggest change, is it going from Mark Ingram to Latavius Murray? I, I don't know. I don't really care. You know that, that it's a running back. And they were amazing last year. I think they were, uh, you know, one of the best bets to win the Super Bowl. And, and if you had to put them again, I think plus 400 isn't bad. That being said, you know, Drew Brees can't keep it up forever. We've seen them dial his workload back. And if they continue to dial his workload back and Alvin Kamara and now Latavius Murray can't reproduce the incredible rushing efficiency, it could be in a situation where if they don't adapt to that scenario where they rush at like a league leading efficiency and they don't adapt to that, they end up just losing a handful of extra games. I'll, I'll take the under here, but generally I think this is a good line, and I'm, I'm just kind of fading this line as a whole. Yeah, the the losing of Mark Ingram to me is like a non-factor, right? Like, yeah. You would think more touches for Kamara, obviously a very good thing. Um, basically, he's one of the most talented skill players in the league, so anytime you can put the ball in that guy's hands more, it seems like it should be a good thing. Um, they did lose starting center Max Unger in the offseason, but they made up for that by spending big money on Nick Easton at the center position, and then they used their only uh, top 100 draft pick on a center. They took uh, Eric McCoy in the second round, 48th pick overall. So uh, you would think that they should still get, you know, good offensive line production. Uh, This team just really doesn't have a lot of holes, particularly on the offensive side. I mean, Drew Brees, you mentioned he's getting up there in age, but one of the best years of his career last season. Not some of the gaudy stats that we've seen from him in the past, but just incredibly efficient. He led the league in yards per attempt, uh, and I think he finished second in touchdown to interception ratio. He just puts the ball in spots where his receivers can catch it and puts the ball in the end zone. And what makes that even more impressive is that 
outside of Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, this was maybe one of the worst group of skill position players he's had. They were the only two guys who saw more than 50 targets on the team last season. Uh, if he can get some better production this year from someone like Trey Quinn, you know, who was a popular sleeper uh, entering his second year, and or Jared Cook, who they signed to be sort of that field-stretching tight end that they haven't really had since Jimmy Graham. I mean, I guess you could also put Kobe Fleener in that uh, category if, if you're a big Kobe Fleener guy, but... I don't see I don't see any reason to expect any offensive regression from them this season. So that's that's interesting. Does that put you at taking the over for eleven total wins? It's very close. I mean, I, I will take a slight over. I think I, I love this team, but the problem is is that I also really like some of the other teams in this division. So I could see them losing some shootouts to teams like the Falcons or. You know, the Panthers, um, we'll talk about the Bucks a little bit. They should be pretty competent offensively. They're going to need better play from their defense this year. But again, barring a egregious no-call pass interference, this team is a Super Bowl team last year. And they may very well have won the Super Bowl. So I like this team. I don't think I'm going to touch their over-under at 10.5. It's definitely a, a, a line that seems fair to me. But if I had to pick one, I would go with a slight over here. Yeah, I'm the same way, but for the under, it's, you know, if I had to project them at, uh, like, win total, I'd probably have them at 10 and change, 10.1, 10.2. I think the more interesting bets to make here are minus 167 to win the division, minus 250 to make the playoffs. I mean, I... There are more safe bets at minus 250 odds or even better odds, but, man, that feels like a, a lock. The only way I can see that not happening is if basically every other offense in this division erupts, which is totally possible... But it is likely that, uh, you know, either Tampa Bay completely falls off the map because Jameis Winston is historically a great turnover thrower and uh, or, or maybe Cam isn't healthy. There are a number of ways it could go wrong. This seems like the most stable team. So uh, any interest in minus 250 make the playoffs? I'm going to I'm going to say no, just because it is the NFL. It's a sport with a ton of variants. You know, we see teams all the time underperform and overperform and. You know, God forbid Drew Brees takes one bad hit. You know that could that could be it right there. Um, I, I I I'm looking to to take teams more with with a plus in front of them in in the NFL just because I think it's a high variant sport. But again, there there aren't a lot of teams that I like more than the Saints heading into this season. Yeah, I think that's generally a winning strategy is that you don't want to be paying for what we think is known. Like, you know, that's the reason I am sort of hedging the under because, oh, they went 11 wins uh, both the past two seasons. We know they're going to hit 11 wins again. There's so much variance packed into 17 weeks of the NFL that, uh, you know, the the ones that are minus 250 as as sure of a lock as it seems – and I think that is fair odds for them. I just don't want to pay up for that when I can find better values on uh, on other other things like maybe props even. Uh, especially, let's uh, before we move on to some really interesting player props here we have for the Saints. How do you feel about them winning the NFC and the Super Bowl? Four to one and ten to one. Yeah, um, I, I, I can definitely get down on ten to one to win the Super Bowl. Four to one to win the NFC isn't enough for me, uh, even though I would probably have them as the favorite in the NFC. Again, like it's just something where so much can happen. It's such a short season, but uh, 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl seems like enough of a payout to make it worth the risk. 
So that's interesting. You would have them over, let's start with, say, the um, the Rams and yeah, I think you could even put the Eagles in that sort of tier one NFC conversation. Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely a grouping of them, but I think that the Saints are my favorite of the group. All right, uh, let's move on to some props. I think I would take the Rams in that scenario, but I would still take both those teams. I would say it's a it's a tier of 1A and 1B and then a slight break to a clear, I guess it'd be three, with the Eagles. So uh, I think let's move on to Drew Brees over under 4,200 passing yards. I, I feel inclined to take the under because really we saw Drew Brees, like you said, putting up career efficiency marks. He had uh, 8.2 yards per attempt. That was his highest since 2011 and he has only topped that two other times or two total times in his career, I think we can see that number come down to somewhere in the high sevens, which is still, I mean, it's really incredible what he's able to do. But if that happens, his numbers go down. If he increases his attempt total and the the yards per attempt comes down, it probably balances out. He wasn't awfully close last year. He was uh, over 200 yards away from hitting that mark. He was 208 yards away from hitting 4,200 on the dot. So I'll be taking the under on that uh, relatively easily, just given that I I don't know. I think they're going to continue with the winning strategy of rush efficiently and throw efficiently, but not uh, at high volume. So do you think there's value on the under here? Yeah, so I think this bet is going to be a stay away from me. I mean, you mentioned the numbers last year. He was shy of 4,000 yards, but he did only play 15 games. So if you give him a 16th game next year, he averaged... Uh, 266 yards per game that that would put him over that mark but it's just too it's too close for me to feel good about it one way or the other I think that you know they they want to keep his attempts down you know he had just 489 attempts last year that was uh, easily his lowest mark since arriving in New Orleans Um, you know they're going to continue to rock the two-headed running back monster although it'll be uh, Latavius Murray this season instead of Mark Ingram so I think that uh, I'd much rather bank on his efficiency numbers, his uh, his touchdown ability, than his yardage number. But at the same time, I'm not looking to fade Drew Brees either. Yeah, so that brings us to 30.5 passing touchdowns. This is one I'm totally comfortable taking the over. He's got a 5.3% career touchdown rate, and uh, that's actually been uh, – he's hit the over on that uh, significantly well in New Orleans. It's basically from early in his career in New Orleans and then in San Diego that those numbers are kind of skewed downwards. He's gone over 30 every single year since 2007, except for two years ago. So I, I think, you know, that sort of track record, I'd much rather put it on, like you said, I'd rather put it on his efficiency, where I think if he just has an average touchdown season for Drew Brees in New Orleans, that 30 is a 31, I guess, is a very reasonable mark to hit, rather than putting it on his attempts, which I think he needs to really increase his attempts if he wants to go over 4,200 again. Uh, so yeah, 30 and a half. If you want me to pick one of these props, I'll be taking the over on 30 and a half. Drew Brees to lead the league in passing yards, 17 to one. I, I completely fade that, yep. uh, lead the league, lead the league in passing touchdowns. Probably not with that again. Cause I don't know if he'll have the, uh, volume 14 to one is not really interesting. And even for the same reason, uh, any chance, uh, 12 to one MVP. Yeah. I mean, I like the saints, so, uh, I should like Brees to win the MVP. I just don't think again, that the, the the counting stats are going to be there for him. Um, You know, you look last year, Mahomes had just a gaudy season, 50 touchdowns, uh, you know, significantly more yards. Uh, I don't think it's going out on a huge limb to say that Mahomes should have some regression this year, but at the same time, someone 
should put up, you know, a 5,000-yard, approximately 40-touchdown season at the quarterback position. Um, And I don't think that Breeze is really at that point with the way that this team is constructed. So I will fade him for, for MVP purposes. But, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he had a very identical year to what he had last year. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty fair assessment. I I love Drew Brees, the player. I just don't know if I love the the gaudy counting numbers he'll put up. Uh, Alvin Kamara, a thousand and a half rushing yards. I would actually take the under here. Last season, we saw uh, their unwillingness to give him a full workload whenever they had Mark Ingram in the fold. Early in the season, we saw him get uh, you know two games over fifteen carries, three over ten. And uh, throughout the season, I don't think we had one other game where he hit 19 carries was his total in those or his highest total in those first four weeks. They're bringing Latavius Murray to do the exact same Mark Ingram role. I think like we've talked about the stability of this team. We can expect something very similar. Say Latavius Murray goes down, you know, the the under on a thousand and a half will look foolish until then, though. Uh, I'm totally going to take the under on a thousand and a half. Yes, agreed. Uh, I just. I don't even think you want Alvin Kamara to have a thousand rushing yards. Like if he has a thousand rushing yards, you're giving him the ball, you know, you're handing it off to him too much in my opinion. Yeah, no, that, that would be, that's exactly what the saints would tell you is that they don't really care if he hits a thousand rushing yards. They just want him to be efficient and stay healthy. Those are like their two goals. Keep doing Alvin Kamara things for an entire 16 game season. And that probably doesn't entail hitting a thousand rushing yards. I think that's a great way to look at it. Final player I want to look at, Michael Thomas, uh, 1250 and a half receiving yards. Where do you fall on this one? Yeah, so before that, uh, I just want to touch on his touchdown output here. Uh, I think 11 and a half for Kamara is, is too high. This is purely in terms of rushing touchdowns. Um, that number that he put up last year, he had 14. That was, I think, clearly inf- inflated by Ingram missing. He missed the first four games of the season, correct, Ingram? Yes, Ingram is the first four games of the season. Um, uh, more importantly, though, let's kind of take a break from the show. We've got – it's uh, Alvin Kamara's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, uh, I'm honest, Alvin. Yeah, happy birthday, Alvin. <laughs> Sorry we're betting all the unders on you. <laughs> but seriously, five touchdowns on the ground in those first four games for Kamara. So, you know, if we figure that, that, that um, Murray is going to be there to play that big back role for most of the year, I would expect decent regression in terms of his rushing touchdown output. So – out of all the props we've talked about so far, I think Kamara under 11 and a half rushing TD is probably my favorite. I think uh, you sold me on this one looking at how incredible he was in those Mark Ingram, uh, Mark Ingram list games. Yes. I think you have to uh, you have to bet that Latavius Murray plays more games than Mark Ingram did last season or he misses less. So, uh, you know, just by that simple calculation, you don't expect him to put up one touchdown over one touchdown per game in his first four games that under I think actually has a lot of a lot of uh, equity on that yeah and then as far as Michael Thomas uh, tremendous wide receiver right like really really good player Um, easily the best option that Drew Brees has when he's throwing the ball to a wide receiver had an 85% catch rate last year which is just insane 125 catches Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he had more touchdowns this year he only had nine uh, I think if you, you want to give Kamara a few less on the ground, maybe Breeze gets a few more through the air. Uh, and as a number one receiver for Drew Breeze, I think that n- over nine touchdowns is definitely doable. At the same time, I would probably bank on slightly less yards for him. So I'm more interested, again, similar to how we talked about with Breeze. I'm looking to bet on the efficiency of this offense more than I am the sheer volume of it. 
I could not agree more. Let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons. Their win total is at eight and a half. I think you might have some takes here. We've got plus 275 on the uh, to win the division, plus 125 to make the playoffs, 14 to 1 for the NFC, and 30 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I'm looking at your notes here. I think you're about to fire some off. I am very bullish on the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I just love this offense. To me, you know, the Saints offense is is fantastic, right? Their offense is based on efficiency. Atlanta is only a step behind them, and I think that they could even offer more in terms of volume because they're going to have to, right? The Falcons' defense is not particularly good, although I do think that it's going to be better this year. Um, and the one thing that we haven't seen the Falcons do the past couple of years is just put the, the ball in the end zone at a high rate. Uh, last year, they were inside the top 10 in terms of offensive efficiency until they got into the red zone. They were 28th inside the 10-yard line, 31st inside the five. Um, I do think that part of it is a personnel issue. You know, like this isn't like a one-year fluke that we've seen for the Falcons. They've struggled to put the ball in the end zone for the past few years now. But I still think that part of it is just, you know, the NFL is a small 16-game sample. Like eventually, if you are that good offensively, it should lead to point scored. Um, getting back a healthy Devonta Freeman, I think should help. They also drafted two offensive linemen in the first round. So if you can get maybe a little bit more push on that offensive line, they're now spending more on their offensive line than any team except for the Dallas Cowboys. So if they can protect Matt Ryan and they can open up some holes for Freeman near the goal line, I think that this could be a very, very big offensive season for the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm counting on some better health for them defensively this year. They lost a ton of games last season due to injury, including the fifth most to the secondary. Um, you know, they also lost uh, Deion Jones, who is one of their best defensive players. Having him back and healthy for 16 games, hopefully, should make them a better team on that side of the ball. Uh, I am very comfortable with taking over eight and a half wins for them this year, even having to lay, you know, minus 121. And I'm going to have some sprinkles on them to win the NFC and to win the Super Bowl at plus 1400 and plus 3000. Cool. Yeah, you actually you covered pretty much all the bases there. I just want to reiterate a few points. Uh, red zone efficiency. It's such a small portion of the game that is already such a small sample it really has very little correlation year over year and despite the fact that we have seen this one team the atlanta falcons struggle there in consecutive years you know the julio jones touch julio jones touchdown uh dilemma i still think we can expect them to improve there and then the defense like you said if you played dfs last year you just remember slamming anytime the falcons had to play a team with a decent offense you were just slamming those games or if you're betting uh you know totals you you were like let's take the over on every single falcons game they've ever played so uh, i i mean i you know i i don't think uh i've seen team a team with this bad of injury luck in a long time so i i think you know you pretty much covered all the bases i think plus 125 to make the playoffs is a really good bet as well because i see them if i would actually choose to go plus 125 to make the playoffs as opposed to going over on the eight and a half because you are uh, you are laying minus 121 to take the over. I think if they hit the over on eight and a half, uh, nine, and especially once they hit 10, they're almost a lock to make the playoffs. And I think that that's pretty reasonable to expect. So if you want to take the over there, just go plus 125 to make the playoffs. Yeah, I might uh, I might go, you know, classic emoji or, uh, you know, GIF on Twitter. Why not both? You know, I might just bet both. <laughs> 
Um, because, you know, is there a scenario where they win nine games and don't make the playoffs? I would say probably, but, um, I'm with you. I think that this, this team should be a playoff team, um, barring another, you know, just disastrous defensive year and another year where they become allergic to being a good offense once they get inside the 10. Yeah, it just seems like uh, the odds, like you said, is there a scenario where they hit uh, they hit the over on eight and a half and they don't make the playoffs? Sure, but it is much more likely, I believe, that once they hit nine, or at least once they hit the over, that either entails probably nine or ten wins. Those are both likely going to get them into the playoffs. So let's move on to the props. This is an interesting one. One of the higher passing yard props you can find out there. 4775, 4,575 passing yards for Matt Ryan. That is a crazy high total, but I, I don't think he had any trouble being that last year. Yeah, I mean, two two of the past three years, he's had over 4,900 yards. And the one thing about Matt Ryan that you feel really good about, and, and now that I say it, of course, he's going to get hurt, but the guy is almost always a lock to play 16 games. He's been in the league now for... 11 years and he's played 16 games in 10 of them and in the other other one he played 14 so the guy has been basically the picture of health in his NFL tenure Um, you know we mentioned the offensive line they're paying those guys a lot of money so you would imagine that he should have better protection than most quarterbacks I feel pretty comfortable backing Ryan for for all of the overs here and uh, his MVP odds are 25 to 1 you know, I know it might feel weird to see Matt Ryan as a guy with two MVP awards, but I- I'm intrigued by that. I really am. Yeah, I think that's actually a really positive value bet. I think, uh, like you said, smashing all the overs except uh, lead the league in interceptions. Uh, right. For you to want to, you know, fade that, of course. But I think uh, basically we just see this offense improving. You know, if they get the red zone efficiency back, or at least they don't have to be efficient. They just have to be not a dead offense once they get in there. Uh, plus you see the second year from Calvin Ridley. I think Devonta Freeman is probably the best receiving back they've had on the roster in their past few years. They weren't able to have him last year. I also think Hooper is a guy who's steadily, who has steadily improved over his career, but he's never been a, a big touchdown scorer. If they can find multiple touchdown scoring weapons, whether it be a combination of, of Devonta Freeman, Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, of course, Julio Jones probably will put up three touchdowns in 17, eight. I think he said he's going for 3000 yards. So he could probably do 3, that. 3,000 yards. No, he did. I'm almost sure he said that today. He wants to go for, or maybe it was yesterday. He wants to go for 3,000 yards, which at his rate would probably equate to four touchdowns. So that'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I really do think this was one of the best uh, offenses in terms of talent. Both, uh, like you said, they bolstered their line. That's always something I look for when I want uh, a team with a stable and high floor. And, uh, you know, I think this is a team that uh, really their offense could carry them, like you said, to Super Bowl. And that means taking the over on 32 and a half touchdown passes that uh, the passing yard total. And I love the MVP odds at 25 to one. Yep, for sure. Um, We've kind of been joking about Julio and his inability to score touchdowns. I think I might take a look at him to lead the league in touchdowns, too. Um, You know, I think if you look at his numbers to lead the league in yards, he's plus 5,500 to lead the league in TDs. He's plus 1,600. To me, that doesn't jive. You know, like if we're expecting this guy to be a yardage machine, he should have more opportunities than most to score touchdowns. I get that that's not what we've seen from him in the past, but there's no reason why this guy couldn't have a big season in terms of receiving touchdowns. And I think that, you know, anytime I can fade sort of the public narrative, 
I'm happy to do that. So uh, I think that Julio at 16 to one to lead the league in touchdowns is also kind of intriguing. Yeah, no, I definitely think uh, as much as uh, my mind says he has never gone more than 10 touchdowns in his career, despite having an 1800, a 15, almost 1600, another 1600, two over 1400 yard seasons. Uh, my, my belief in uh, regression and just the fact that touchdowns are so random well trumps that uh, that sort of bias we have against Julio can't score. And uh, I love it would be so fitting too for to just to to lay some money on sixteen to one for him to win and then go to uh, go to film Twitter who says oh well he just he, he doesn't have the good foot coordination or whatever they think makes him a bad red zone player uh, and cash that sixteen to one I really like that uh, I think if you're uh, if you're gonna hit that over I'll, I'll or hit that I'll hit that with you then uh, move on to the Carolina Panthers yeah let's do it oh you All know right. what one more thing I think is interesting. I, there are very few quarterbacks that I would consider betting for MVP. What do you think about Julio's case? You, you can get him at a hundred to one right now. Um, again, I would probably lean. I'm more interested in the Matt Ryan MVP odds, but is there a scenario where Julio catches, you know, like 150 balls, has over 2,000 yards, like, and double digit touchdowns, and wins the MVP? I really think that that's within the realm of possibility. He's probably the only wide receiver in the league that I would consider betting for MVP, but I think I'm interested in Julio at 100 to 1. I that I will firmly admit that that's not the smartest bet that I'm going to recommend uh during these preview podcasts, but if there's anyone out there who can put up, you know, the monster skill position season, I think it's Julio. I do agree with the second half of what you said, that if there would be anyone to hit 2,000 yards, put up a crazy touchdown season, it would be Julio. But there has been uh, one receiver ever to win the NFL MVP. It was Jerry Rice back in the late 80s. I'm not really, uh, you know, I don't want to bet that heavily against history, even though I do think, uh, I think if you're interested, if you are that interested in MVP, just just go for touchdown leader or I guess yards leader too. Like even though you, you have better odds on MVP, there's a decent, there's a good chance that even if he leads in receiving yards and touchdowns, both of those. Uh, you still don't win MVP. So that's really the only reason I wouldn't get into that is because of the track record of receivers having only ever done it once. It's true. I mean, we we saw that massive Calvin Johnson season where he had just shy of 2,000 yards and he didn't win the MVP. So maybe I need more than 100 to 1. Uh, I'm just, I'm always bullish on Julio. I'm very, like I said, I'm very bullish on the Falcons this year. And I'm just looking for more and more ways to to try and get some money involved with them. Yeah, I, I can get on board with trying to put as much money down. That's just uh, Julio MVP is, is a bit too much for too too much for me. Too spicy there. Too spicy. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. All right, we've got the Panthers over under at 7.5. This is a, a bit of a downturn from the previous two teams. They are the number three team in the division. Uh, how do you feel about them? We've had one... Has very small hesitant over for you, a very hesitant under for me and the Saints. The Falcons, we both went over. 
Uh, does this have to? We can't bet all the overs here. Do you have to go under on the Panthers? No, you don't. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, very weird team here, right? The Panthers. Uh, it was basically a tale of two seasons for them last year, right? They were six and two in their first eight games, one and seven in their last eight. Um, Cam Newton. I think most people will look back and say that it was a poor season for Cam, but he had some really nice moments in his first year working with North Turner. Um, as particular during those first eight games, he was doing a great job at completing short passes, getting the ball to guys like Christian McCaffrey, um, and getting the ball out of his hands quickly. He was, uh, his numbers really, really good in particular when you look at passes in which he got the ball out of his hands under two and a half seconds. Uh, where he really struggled was on the deep passes, and it only got worse when he got hurt late last year. Um, he was 34th in passer rating when pressured. The only guys he was better than were Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and Josh, A- and um, Josh, uh, who's the, the Cardinals guy? Josh Rosen. So a- as you may not know, those guys were all rookies last year. Uh, not Not a good look for a guy who you know, was a former MVP in this league. So part of that, I do think, had to do with the fact that he couldn't throw the ball more than like 20 yards in the air. And he even admitted as much. Uh, Defenses really started camping on the short stuff because they knew that he just couldn't beat them over the top. Uh, I think with a better year in terms of health from Cam Newton, he should have a better year in, in his second season with North Turner. And this is another team that I think should benefit from some better injury luck. Uh, they lost the third most games on their offensive line and their most games in the secondary last season. So if uh, if we give Cam some better protection, he gets some better luck with injuries in terms of his offensive line. Uh, it would not shock me to see this team win eight plus games again. I mean, they they almost won eight games last year playing roughly half of a season with with a quarterback who couldn't throw the ball. So uh, I get that we are kind of bullish on this whole division so far, but it's just another team where I think that the talent is uh, is too much for me to take the under on seven and a half wins. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And when you look at uh, like your your most predictive factors in team win success, it's quarterback. And that's kind of the the tier one all on its own. And I think there's really no way Cam gets worse unless his career is probably over. Unless either that or I guess, you know, an Andrew Luck situation. But that is uh, incredibly rare for a quarterback to just drop off the face of the earth while they're not, you know, Peyton Manning at 40 years old. So I think uh, if you get a healthier Cam, you get on the over at seven and a half. And I do think I think a bet on seven and a half, uh, if you take the over, is a bet on a healthy Cam. And that's pretty much what it comes down to, because if he is healthy, he has the weapons to make the most of his skill set. I think DJ Moore, uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Love me some DJ Moore. Other people, uh, very sharp people are on Curtis Samuel, and I love his playmaking ability. And then in terms of running back, I would say they have the most valuable running back in the league in terms of like if you were to say war, like wins above replacement, because uh, I don't care really how much you rush for. I care what you can add to the most important phase of the game, which is receiving. And McCaffrey and I would say David Johnson are the two guys who I am most confident in that being the guy. Yeah, I would throw Kamara in that equation as well. Um, And for as much as we love what McCaffrey does in the passing game, he still averaged five yards per carry as a rusher. Like, it's not like he is a bad runner of the football. He is just absolutely elite as a receiver out of the backfield. Um, I'm also going to throw Greg Olson out there. You know, he kind of had a down year 
a lot of injuries last season. If he's healthy, that's just another weapon uh, for Cam sort of in the middle intermediate part of the field because Moore and Samuel are great. Uh, ton of speed on those guys. Olsen is is a guy that I think complements their skill set really well as like a chain-moving type of tight end. Yeah, I mean, it definitely can't hurt. We've seen him, his connection with Cam be prolific in the past. If he's healthy, it's just another weapon to add to the fold. So I'll definitely take the over at 7.5, or at least, you know, I, I'm betting on a healthy Cam working within a good offense. Uh, so 7.5, I'll take the over. I, I don't know how I feel about plus 5.50 to win the division or plus 2.15 to make the playoffs. I, I, I don't really see this team... I really see them not being able to beat the great teams of this division, i.e. the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. That's what it comes down to for me, is that they will beat all the teams that uh, they should beat, getting them to eight wins, and they will struggle. They'll probably go three and one in their games, or one and three, rather, in their games against the Saints and uh, uh, the Falcons. Yeah, I'm much more interested in their odds to make the playoffs than to win the division. Uh, One other thing... That we should mention, they did spend pretty good money to bring in Gerald McCoy. Um, when he's healthy, he is one of the best interior defensive linemen in the game. Pairing him up with Kawan Short, that's a uh, that's a really formidable, you know, front two. I guess you could call it uh, in front of a guy like Luke Keekley and and Shaq Thompson in the linebacking core. So I could see this defense being really really formidable in the front seven. They also brought in, you know, Bruce Irvin as a pass rusher. So uh, I like uh, I like the Panthers, uh, you know, just to keep, continue to harp on it. I think that this talent has this team has much more talent than a uh, than their seven and a half over under projects them as. I very much agree with that. I want to move on to the props we have here. Unless you have any interest in uh, the NFC or Super Bowl, I don't really. I just don't see them being able to dethrone some of the top teams in the NFC, let alone uh, you know the AFC when they go to the if they were to make it to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to move on. If you want, go ahead and stop me. I'll give you a chance. No, no. Cam Newton to lead the league in passing yards. Does that say 100 to one? 100 to one. Uh, and and you can't bet it, unfortunately. Like as much as Cam is a really really good quarterback, uh, I I love standing for Cam Newton. He gets a lot of hate for some reason, but the guy is just a uh, a winner. He's a guy that wins football games. He his ability is not in putting up you know huge passing yards. He's going to do work with his legs. Um, he's going to just be the captain of an efficient offense that scores touchdowns. And uh, I don't see him you know, putting up that the 5,000 passing yard season that history suggests you need to uh, to, to lead the league. I don't see him putting up a 4,000 yard passing season. Right. He's done it once in his career. This is like, I wish I would take one to 100 on him not making it like make make a cool 50 cents or whatever, because there's there's not a chance. There's no no odds you give me to bet this really. Um, uh, same thing with leading the league and passing touchdowns. He's never hit 40. He's only gone over 30 once. It's a complete fade. I don't care what the odds are. Lead league in interceptions. Any more interest in a more negative bet? No, not going to do it. Uh, again, as long as his arm is back and he can throw the ball down the field, I think that he is a uh, going to be more efficient with the football this year. I would be interested in betting on like a combined league leader passing slash rushing touchdowns. 
But unfortunately, that doesn't exist. So if that if that bet ever comes up, that's where I would really want to uh, to get my equity in. Yeah, if, I'll, I'll, I'll notify you. Maybe I'll just make that bet for you. I'll, I'll whip up some odds for that uh, in the upcoming weeks. Uh, more interesting, I'd actually be if you want to bet on Cam forty to one to win the MVP is actually pretty. I think uh, pretty bettable given that he could just, like you said, he could just be a crazy touchdown producer. I think these will be his best weapons in a long time, if not ever, depending on how high you are on DJ Moore. I'm very high on DJ Moore. So I think 40-1 to 1, uh, for Cam MVP is not bad value. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I wrote him up last year as one of my favorite MVP bets over at Action Network, and you're getting better odds on him this year because he's coming off of, you know, a down season. Uh He's won the MVP in the past, right? Like 40 to 1 on a past MVP playing in a a good offensive system for him. Uh, I like it. The only thing that may be a negative for him is I could see McCaffrey more involved in the goal line than uh you know guys like Jonathan Stewart were in the year that Cam won the MVP, but um still 40 to 1 if if you think that this team is going to exceed expectations and they did win 15 games not that long ago. Uh, I could certainly see 40 to 1 being an uh, appealing price there. Yeah, I want to quickly touch on Christian McCaffrey, uh, 1,075 and a half rushing yards over under. This is basically a bet on whether you think he uh, replicates what he did last season, because I think he was just shy of 1,100. And uh, I would tend to bet uh, the over on that. Yeah, I. He's not going to be less involved, right? I mean, it's yeah. That that's what I'm. That's you know, that's my argument too. Is what are they going to scale back his touches in his third year after seeing how productive he was in his second year? They didn't add anybody to make you think that that would happen. Unlike you know, if you, even if you look at a guy like Dalvin Cook, if you're really high on him, they did spend significant draft capital on Alexander Madison. Uh, the Panthers do not seem to care in the slightest what they have behind Christian McCaffrey. They will be riding him. So uh, you know, unless you feel differently, I actually feel pretty good about betting the over on this one. Yeah, I like it as well. I consider me not a uh, Cam Artist Pain stand. So <laughs> I, I don't think that exists. I think you just said like consider me a thing that's not real. No one actually cares about Cameron Cam no? Pain. No, Someone there's no one. Listen, if you're listening and you're a Cam Artist Pain stand, hit me up on Twitter. All right, do no, it. No, his mom's like, I guess he's all right. <laughs> you know, making the NFL is really impressive. He's in the top one percent of the one percent. But he's not at the next tier. So, no, his, his family doesn't even think he's that good. I want to talk about, unless, uh, I guess we've got Cam, uh, or we've got Christian McCaffrey, eight rushing touchdowns is the line. And if you're betting me over there, are you any interest in him leading the league in rushing touchdowns at 14 to 1? No interest in leading the league in rushing touchdowns. I think that Cam siphons off enough to uh, to keep him under there. I will probably take the under on eight rushing touchdowns as well. Um, he had seven last year. I think that that's probably a good estimate for what he's going to do. He's a guy, again, like you don't want him pounding the ball on the goal line. Uh, I get that you have to give him some touches. You don't want Cam just getting brutalized. Like you have to protect Cam at all costs. That should be the Panthers' number one priority. And, you know, that means you can't let Cam touch it every time around the goal line, even though he's an absolute bull. Um, but I still don't think you want to give McCaffrey tons of carries inside the five yard line either. So, uh, love, love Christian McCaffrey. He's my number one overall pick this year in fantasy. Uh, but it's the combination of skills that he provides, not his, what he figures to do, uh, solely on the ground. 
Yeah, I agree with that completely, especially with being that, you know, we always say we're not a fantasy podcast. We're talking about such interesting numbers uh, that relates to fantasy that, uh, yeah, I agree. He is, fantasy uh, and props tie in together so well that there's, there's they do. just some and, natural overlap there. And I think props are uh, pretty much easily the softest market in betting. This is really, when we talk about the win totals, every division has like one that I'm really interested in. But then we talk about... Uh, Panthers, seven and a half was all right. Saints, you and I were split right down the middle, just over, just under. And we both did like the Falcons. That's kind of the one I think we're interested in. Yes. I'm interested in hitting a lot of these props because I think that's the least efficient market you can find in betting right now. Agreed. All right. Before we move on, I do want to bring up DJ Moore to lead the league in receiving yards, 66 to 1. Do you have any interest in that? Because I, given how much I love DJ Moore, I actually might lay some action on that. Wow. Uh I'm not, you know, listen, Rotoviz loves DJ Moore. Uh, who am I to say that we're all too high on him? I just don't see the overall passing volume for the uh, Panthers. You know, uh, DJ Moore could become the wide receiver one for the Panthers this year, but just how valuable is that role would be my question. I mean, like, Christian McCaffrey, let's be honest, is the wide receiver one for the Panthers. He had like a 30% market share last year. I just don't see a scenario where DJ Moore gets above like 25% this year. Uh, maybe that's that's a pessimistic projection, but I'm just trying to keep it real here. Uh, geez, fine. All right, fine. I will, <laughs> however, be finding a, uh, a receiving order total because I think the biggest hindrance, in my opinion— is going to be the overall passing volume. We talked about it with Cam. There's just not a chance on on God's green earth that he hits like the you know league leading passing yards because of his low volume. Uh, that's a pretty much trickle down effect to DJ Moore. I think if you're looking to bet DJ Moore, just find a, a receiving total on him. Or like if you think he really is that much of a boon to the offense, you know, start betting either bet their win total or just bet the totals on all their games they play. So I think uh, you've talked me off the ledge a little bit for DJ Moore, but I still love him. Still love you, DJ Moore. Let's move on to the Bucks. We've got Bucks six and a half. I believe you have three overs so far. You have to take the Bucks under at six and a half minus one ten both ways, right? Do I? Yes. All right. Maybe. Then I'll take the under. Um, listen, I love Bruce Arians. Uh, I don't think that that's you know a controversial statement. Um, there's Bruce Arians has done nothing but succeed basically everywhere he's gone. The last time we saw him was an 8-8 eight and eight season with Arizona. But if you look at that team, they lost D, uh, David Johnson in week one, and then they lost Carson Palmer in like week seven. So the fact that he even got them to 8-8 eight and eight was a miracle. Uh, you look at the offensive weapons that this team figures to put around Jameis Winston, and Bruce Arians should be able to make them a really good unit. No, no team is spending more on their offense this season than the Tampa Bay Bucks are. They're spending a lot on the offensive line and they have, you know, some big receivers with Mike Evans. Uh, OJ Howard as a tight end, we think is going to be a, a, a breakout candidate for this season. So I'm expecting a big, big season on that side of the ball. That said, Jameis Winston is still going to make too many boneheaded mistakes to win games solely on offense, in my opinion. And I don't think that this defense is going to be good at all. It wouldn't be a shock if they're the worst defensive unit in the league. So uh, I'm expecting them to be, you know, a fantasy goldmine this season. I'm expecting a lot of overs in games that they've played, particularly when they're taking on a team like the Falcons. 
Um, but I just don't see that leading to a lot of actual wins for them. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think the combination of having a bottom tier defense combined with a high turnover player like Jameis Winston is really going to put them behind early and often in a lot of games. Uh, You know, a turnover in your own side of the field when your defense is as bad as we think they might be uh, could really be a a backbreaking moment at any point in the game. The more interesting thing for me, because I'm going to take the under and I won't have any of them winning the division, making the playoffs, etc. The more interesting thing to me is the uh, the props we have here, especially on Jameis Winston. We know how vertical and pass heavy a Bruce Arians offense can be. 4,300 on the dot. Are you taking the over under on that? Literally all the overs. Um, the only way that I see don't see him hitting the overs is if he gets benched at some point for Blaine Gabbert. Uh, which there's a non-zero chance that that happens. That's definitely a possibility. But if he plays 16 games, I think he has a legit shot to lead the league in passing yards, lead the league in interceptions, uh, and he should be able to destroy his over-under of 4,300 yards. Yeah, I couldn't be in more agreement with you. I think uh, you look at last season and they were top of the league in yards per game. Uh, passing yards per game, that is. They just split it between two players because yep. they had Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston. Uh, I think that was largely, or at least it really helped the weapons they had on the field. And although they did lose to Sean Jackson, who I think adds a, a very special threat to a team, they also lost Adam Humphreys, who I don't think makes a difference at all. And I think especially if you don't see an improvement in their running back situation, which would probably have to come from Ronald Jones, because I think we know Peyton Barber is just a guy. If you don't think Ronald Jones can step up from his horrible rookie campaign, what else, they can't run the ball. What else are they going to do? They're going to have to pass. And Bruce Arians has shown an affinity for passing when he was with the Cardinals. Both of their last two seasons he was there were top 10 in pass attempts. I don't see how I don't see how he doesn't hit the over. I think the, a closer one is 25 and a half passing touchdowns. But even then, I think this team is going to be dominated by just the the passing game in general. I'll take the over on both of those. I'll, I'll put a lot of units on those as well. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I mean, I don't have I'm, I'm pulling up the numbers right now, but I would I would care to venture that if you combined Winston and Fitzpatrick from last season, they were close to 5000 yards and well over 25 and a half touchdowns. So uh, if we're putting that all on Winston this year, I think that he's going to be an incredible value in the fantasy realm, in the prop market. Uh, The only thing he's not going to do is win a lot of football games. Yeah, no, uh, Tampa Bay led the league in passing yards last year at 5,100, and they threw 36 touchdowns. You can scale those numbers down dramatically and still have – Winston crushed 4,325. The only, I think if you take the under, you're betting on him not playing, uh, let's, let's say 14 or so games. It might even be less than that. So, and I I don't see them benching him for Blaine Gabbert as opposed to Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has had blow up weeks and we saw him able to do that again. It's, I don't think they're going to bench for Blaine Gabbert. Uh, so more interesting, uh, Jameis Winston lead league in passing yards, uh, 11 to one. Yes. (laughs) Jameis Winston lead league in passing touchdowns, 16 to one. No. Jameis Winston the League League in interceptions. Eight to one. Super, super yes. I that is the best that is the best bet. I, I'm gonna call it best bet of the day. We need to get some sort of sound bite. Best bet of the day. Eight to one for him to lead the league in interceptions. I think that's a that's almost a bet on uh that's I don't want to say it's almost a bet on him to play a full season, but he should be easily the favorite if all quarterbacks play a full season. And I don't think it's that close given how turnover prone he is. 
Uh, and given the amount of pass attempts we think this team is going to hit, they combine those two, and I think it's just absurd. He has a career interception rate of three percent. Last year, he was all the way up at three point seven. If he if he hits his career interception rate of three percent, and they throw as much as they did last year, he crushes it. Yep, the only two players with the worst interception rate last year were Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, who was on the <laughs> same team as Winston, and Josh Allen, who was a rookie uh, and a guy that literally like was famous for how inaccurate he was in college. So basically we're saying that Winston was only better than his, you know, 55-year-old teammate and one of the most historically inaccurate quarterbacks in the league. So, yeah, all all the Jameis Winston, again, like I just want to bet on everything for Jameis because it's going to be a lot of volume and a lot of, you know, good things, but also a lot of bad things. Yeah, last season, the uh, Tampa Bay also, not surprising, led the league in interceptions at uh, 26th. Next closest, Buffalo at 23. And I think even a marginal improvement. Like, just take away some of the most egregious mistakes he made. Uh, you know, if that's something he works on through the offseason, which I would hope it is. Uh, I don't think they'll hit 23 again. Beyond that, only one team even hit 20, and that was San Francisco because they played much of their season without Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it's it's Tampa Bay 8-1, to or I guess Jameis Winston 8-1 to is uh, so clear here. Let's move on to, finally, we've got Mike Evans. I love Mike Evans this year. I think he's one of the best values in fantasy. Do you think he's a value? Uh, 1350 and a half, 1350 and a half is his receiving total. Are you hitting the over? I mean, you have to be hitting the over, right? Unless you think they are going to spread it out amongst their weapons, Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard, namely. I mean, I do think that those guys uh, will be highly involved, but... I will gladly take over on 1350 for Evans. Like, again, I would probably project this offense to be close to 5,000 passing yards. So uh, I have no problems with, with Evans taking a, a big chunk of those. Um, you know, I'm fine with 12 to 1 for him to lead the league in receiving yards. The only thing where I'm not super optimistic on is his touchdown output. Just because, again, even though I'm seeing a lot of yardage, I'm not sure so sure how often they're actually going to be putting the ball into the end zone. Yeah, I tend to agree with that, but I do think if you have this team that is dominated by passing, and we generally believe, I think, you know, you and I are both on board with the fact that passing is just the way to play in the NFL. Tampa Bay was uh, tied third last year in passing touchdowns. I'm actually fine with uh, Mike Evans' touchdown leader at 20 to 1 and taking his over eight and a half. Uh, I don't really mind those bets. I do think the yardage ones are better bets, but 20 to 1 to be the receiving leader, I think, is better value than to be the receiving yards leader. I guess 20 to 1 for touchdowns leading the league I would take over 12 to 1 for leading the league and receiving yards but I think I just like smash all the overs on this team yes I mean we started the show or I started the show by saying this this division is going to be chock full of offense uh, the Bucks might be the best source of it which is crazy considering you know they play in the same division as the Falcons and as this as the Saints but just how bad you figure they figure to be on defense and the, you know, high octane nature that Bruce Arians has displayed as a head coach. It's just the perfect combination for offense. I mean, I also think that like just the way that he fits with Winston is also perfect. You know, like Arians is a guy who wants you to push the ball, who, you know, isn't afraid of, you know, taking, you know, high risk type of plays. And Winston is a high-risk quarterback. I mean, it's going to lead to a lot of interceptions, but it's also going to lead to a lot of chunk plays. So, yeah, just all the bucks just directly into my veins. 
Yeah, I think last season the top three quarterbacks in uh, average depth of target on their pass attempts were uh, Josh Allen at one. I think it was uh, some combination of Fitzpatrick and Jameis at two. It really does uh, meld incredibly well with what we want. We think Bruce Arians will want to do. Give me all, give me all the Bucks offense, and uh, I don't care. Fate, you know, take the under if you want on their win total at six and a half because I do think they're just going to be in a lot of losing end shootouts. But uh, yeah, give me all the Bucks offense. Yeah, and I, I really wish they they could have held on to Deshaun Jackson. Um, you know, even though his his counting stats aren't great, just his ability to stretch the field has a huge effect on a offense. But I do think that Rashad Perryman is like diet diet. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, right? Like he can go deep. Uh, he's obviously not as good as uh, Jackson is at doing it, who in his prime was legitimately one of the best field stretchers in the history of the league. But uh, I think that Perryman can at least give them some of what Jackson did, which which should just open up everything for for all their other just really, really talented offensive players. Yeah, I, I generally agree with all of everything you said here. And uh, today, I think to sum it up, we've got... Uh, Fade most of the uh, the win totals, although I do think we're both really confident in eight and a half for the Falcons. Yep. But just smash the offenses in this division because, you know, the Falcons defense, although we expect them to get better, isn't going to be a league leader by any standard. Uh, the Tampa Bay defense is going to be awful. And all these offenses are just going to force each other to keep their they're going to be playing. They're going to be playing knockout, just taking shots after each other, one after another, slamming touchdowns, throwing deep balls. I think uh if you want to be high on this division and you don't know how every team can hit their over under on win totals, just bet on all the offenses. Yep, particularly Tampa and Atlanta in terms of volume. And then I like New Orleans and Carolina more on the efficiency side. But for sure, just yeah, should be should just be tons of offensive goodness here for, uh, you know, across the board. All right. I think that's it, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening in. Make sure uh Patreon. I was just on there in the past day talking uh, some best ball. We were talking dynasty. Uh, the Patreon is really I I very much enjoy the the writers we have on there and all the great questions we get. It's just if you enjoy uh, listening to the podcast, but you wish you could be on the podcast, you hear our voices and think I want to talk to them. Uh, go on the go on the Slack. Uh, we have some great people. Even the listeners. Uh, I think the one thing I love about Rotoviz, our listeners are sharper than anybody else. It's I a feel. great community. It, it is. Uh, you know. So. Check us out on Patreon. Uh, make sure you do that. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Rotoviz Radio. Is that it? Yeah. Yes, forward slash Rotoviz Radio. But, uh, you know, your 10% discount, sign up for the site. There's uh, great content coming along the whole offseason. But uh, for myself, find me on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. Uh, Matt, what's your Twitter? At Matt Lamarca. Very creative on my end. Well, I had to do mine so people knew I tweeted there. Like, how <laughs> else would they know? No, it's. Uh, <laughs> Find us on Twitter. Of course, join the community at Rotoviz Patreon. Uh, it's, it's all going on this offseason. I'm excited to get into the rest of these divisions. Thanks for listening, everyone.
Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory factory.